All right, we're back we're with, uh, with a special guest. A guest who uh, I've been trying to get for a little bit. Third time's a charm, though. Third time. Third time. It worked. It worked. I think, what, what do we, we wanted to do it, like, I think Thursday at one point of, like, last week or two weeks ago. Then I got busy with something. Yeah, you I mean, had to reschedule. Yeah, I had to reschedule. And then we rescheduled. It was for, you, not me. It, yeah, the first yeah, time it was, it was me. You know, classic. classic. And then the yeah. second time it... It wasn't you. you, it was me. Yeah, so yeah. Yeah, so we, we're here now. We Third are time. here. We, we learned from our mistakes. We're on with Alberto Bayo. Yes, welcome. We Thank you, man. I'm excited to be here. It's my first time. First. I, so when you said welcome back, I'm like, you're coming back, but this is like my first mm-hmm. time. So I'm excited about yeah. it. Well, uh, how's, the, how's the Starbucks taste? Starbucks is good. I actually needed it. Uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to give me a ghost energy drink, but when you said Starbucks, I was like, yeah, I'm feeling that. I can do that. I, well, can, I can dig that. Yeah, so we we agreed because I like to get my guests a drink. You know, folks, when you come on the Sammy Hour, I treat you nice. I treat you like like family. I, I'm, I, I'm hospitable. You know what I mean? So I try to get my guests a drink uh, uh, for every episode. So I, I asked Alberto, what, what drink do you want? And he said a ghost energy drink. Mm-hmm. And he said the... Uh, it's the the blue sour patch flavor. I sent you a photo. He sent me a photo. So yeah. I'm like, this guy likes this guy likes ghost. Yeah. But what happened is I was leaving my house and I was like, it'd just be easier to go to, to, to Starbucks. You know, I figured that. Literally <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, I said the reason he pivoted to Starbucks was because it was easier. But yeah. It's classier though. It is. It's classier. It's like here's a ghost energy drink or a Here's a here's a latte, man. Yeah, you know, it's a little bit classier. Well, well, che- well, cheers to that. There you we'll go. Cheers, cheers. Because I look at it like this: like it's it's about you got to be classy. You got to treat your guests with you know exactly. hospitality and respect. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, you yeah, I gave you the coffee, or you saw the coffee there, and I was like, it looks like you look a little tired, but that's Thanks, besides man. the point. <laughs> Thank you. Is that because <laughs> is that why you asked me how old I was before uh, we recorded? No, because we were talking about LA and and it, we, we were talking about LA before, and uh, I was just curious like how old you were. Yeah, because I couldn't tell yeah. if you were like thirty or forty. Yeah, I, I, that's I a good thing. Man. I, that's, that's a good thing. I'm I, okay with yeah, that. Yeah, I couldn't. Well, I look tired. I've been up since four forty-five. Oh, Started my day at four forty-five. Why? Why four forty? Did you work Gym. out? Yeah, I worked out. Mm. Then uh, did school drop offs. So I went to work. Are you an in shape? I'm an in shape. So am I. I think you used to see me there. I did see you there. As a matter of fact, I just cut my membership to that one. I, I, it's closest to my house. Yeah, but I don't go to it. Hmm. I drive further. It's weird. Interesting. Interesting. They don't have a racquetball court, and I'm in a racquetball. Oh, okay. So I've been paying for months to go to that gym, and I, I don't go. So times of, okay, I see. Yeah, what happened was I got sick of that in-shape too. So there's a lot of in-shapes in town. There's so I went to the one on River Lakes. Yeah. It's, it's more spaced yeah, out. That's I like I go, it more. That's the one I go to. Oh, he may see me, but yeah. I'm not going to be there at 445. Yeah, yeah, no, no. I, got, I mean, I got there at 530. <laughs> it was a cool 530. Uh, and, and this is also the last episode I'm doing in Bakersfield before wow. I move back to the beach. Well, I'm kind of honored. You, yeah. Of course, the last Bakersfield episode. Yeah, it's it was a good summer with with guests. I had a lot of cool people on. I had uh, some some guests were repeat repeat guests. Yeah, and that's good. What I, I mean for for people who have a podcast and are just curious about podcasting tips, I would say it's good. I and honestly, I can see you starting a podcast one day. So you said right? podcast. Oh, you did. I actually have a TV show. Oh. From that TV let's, show. let's talk about that. Okay. Forget about my tips. I'm not. I'm not <laughs> wise. I'm only 19. No, you're you're good. <laughs> Simple, and I love the setup. It's awesome. Yeah, but uh, so you were in media at some point. If you yeah. had a TV show yeah. and a podcast. Yeah, I was in media. Okay, how did you get it? How did you get into that? <sighs> Man, I was at some conference, and um, it was a big conference, and there was a television network there, and at the time, and they were interviewing. Uh, Couples, pastors in particular, but married couples for a segment they were doing on marriages and healthy marriages. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they didn't know me from whole in the whole hour. We had a healthy marriage. Yeah. But they were they asked us if uh, we would do this uh, interview, and we did this interview, and then a few weeks later we got a phone call asking if we would like to have our own show on the network. So we did that for like a year. Okay. Yeah. And was this in LA? Because you're originally from LA, right? I'm from LA. Okay. Yeah, the network was uh, based out of Irvine, Orange County. Oh, I love Orange County. Yeah, I'll be there in two days. We'll be there in two days. For nine months after that. For nine <laughs> months. And uh, and it's like, if you're from LA, you're not like a huge fan of or- Orange is, County. Is there like a rivalry it's there? It's like, yeah, it's like a rivalry. Because I've noticed that I have an LA yeah. friend. And he's yeah. Like, uh, LA's the best, man. I love LA. I'm like, yeah, and you don't go to the OC if you're from LA. And it's kind of the way if you're from the OC, you really don't go to LA. Why is that? I don't know. It's like this, just this beef that just is existed for years it's mm. like you're born into it you didn't mm. even know about it i don't know but i've never been a fan super fan i have laguna newport that's cool that's I mean, cool yeah if you don't like newport just get out of here and if you don't like laguna okay come on 
Because you got the hills. Yeah, it's like the best. And, oh, then, and then you got the ocean. That's it's what like, I love about it. It's perfect. Because you can have like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyways, yeah, that studio was in Orange County. Okay. Yeah. And that was, okay, well, what was the TV, what was the TV show about? So it was called Life in the City. And okay. kind of basically like this, we had a collected group of people that we would invite uh, for interviews and we would just share people's stories. It was just kind of this whole idea of, of like highlighting what people are doing in business media you know it's faith-based centered um, yeah, yeah but it wasn't strictly oh like a church thing mm-hmm. and so we brought entrepreneurs we did a panel one time with um creatives and uh screenwriters from hollywood mm-hmm. um so just different things like that so you said it went on for about a year why why only a year did you move on did you want to did you take a new position no it was just a ton of work okay i mean it was like we'd come in we'd film four episodes in one day so you have to coordinate script writing for four episodes so it was almost a full-time job yeah. Well, it was basically right yeah i mean we had a, a staff that helped uh-huh. but um, huh. So, yeah, it was a lot of work. And after a year, I mean, driving from Calabasas to Irvine is like, I mean, you could probably fly to Florida faster. Yeah. It's just horrible. Because how far is it, when you look at it on Google, like how far does it say it With is? no traffic, it's like 55 minutes. But mm-hmm. with traffic, two hours, two, two and a half, <laughs> three. And so... Once a month was closed. It was a lot of work, but it was a great experience. We met a lot of great people, heard a lot of great stories, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then from there, we uh, we started uh, just kind of doing kind of like a podcast. My wife and I. So okay, so you just, you started the podcast after the show. Mm-hmm. How did you How did you like podcasting? It was fun. I thought it was great. We also used to bring guests on, mm-hmm. or we would go to different sites and connect with people and do interviews at their space. Okay. Um, and then my wife and I would do a lot of things uh, together on relationships and marriage. I would do things on leadership, and uh, it was fun. But it is a lot of work, right? It is. Because it is. The, I think the thing with podcasts is a lot of people want to start podcasts, but the strength of a podcast is the consistency. Mm-hmm. And if you're not consistent in it, then that's that's like a it's like a no-no. And, and that's the thing. It's like consistency, it... it it's somewhat subjective in that way because, like, like there's some podcasts they do three, four episodes a week, and that's awesome. I don't know how yeah. to do. I mean, that's awesome, great yeah. for you. It's a bunch of content, but consistency. How my show follows it is, I try to do two to three episodes a month. Yeah. Right. I mean, I wish I could do two a week. I mean, I I would love that. That'd be awesome. But yeah. maybe at some point, if the, yeah. when the show grows and if I can really make this like a full time thing and a thing where I can just put a lot of focus and passion, and then two three episodes a week would be awesome. And that's the thing is you got to pre pre record episodes too. Yeah, well, I even think two to three times a month is great. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a that's a great rhythm. I I found for us the strength was is if we took one day and just crushed it and filmed as much content as we could, then mm-hmm. we could have enough content for like a month. Okay. Um, and write content now. It's like you have to constantly put stuff out. Yeah. Algorithms. Repurposing it. Yeah. yeah. And so. Um, yeah, so that's what we did, man. We did that for a while. He's thirty nine, but he knows the terms. You know, you know the the, the modern terms, Come right? On, man. Come on, man. Come on, thirty nine. I'm not. But on my back is aching. <laughs> but uh, so with that pocket, was it just you and your wife, or would you have guests on? Yeah, no, I'd have guests on. I'd bring different people. Um, I know you go to Vanguard, yes, sir. University, and one time we went to Vanguard. I did a chapel, and I took. Uh, just time there, and I, I took a guest and did a show there, right oh. in Neenham Chapel or something. Oh, like that's that. a great chapel. Yeah. That's like a, the really small but quaint chapel. Yeah, with great acoustics. Oh, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, they I have, can't sing, but if I could, I'd want to sing. In there. <laughs> oh, yeah. They have like the I think they have the Monday night chapels there, but Vanguard. Oh yeah, I go to Vanguard, folks. I'll be I'll be leaving in two days, but I'm, I'm episodes are pre-recorded. I'm gonna keep recording episodes. I, go. I ain't going away, but um. Yeah, I, I, you're, I heard you're gonna be at Vanguard in September for a chapel. I am gonna be at Vanguard. So yeah, I, we may run into you. Run no, into no, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna run into you. Okay. Yeah, I'm gonna totally run. You're gonna, into you're you. gonna try to find me. I'm gonna find you. Okay. Yeah, so I'm gonna. Your dad's coming <laughs> with me, so he's, he's gonna. Yeah. Don't tell me that. He's gonna, he's oh, gonna, no. he's gonna locate you, and uh, it'll be good. Okay. Yeah. So, you've been in, you've been in ministry a while. Yeah. But the how you found ministry and got into ministry is a pretty crazy story. Right. What is your view on, on religion and transformation? Transformation. Because they usually go hand in hand. When someone finds religion, their ways and their morals and their mindsets are, are transformed. Right. Why, why is that? And how was your experience with that? Because obviously I'm, I'm assuming you went through some sort of transformation. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, my tr- you know, thinking of transformation and religion, for me it goes back to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, I think the transformation comes from understanding the depth of that narrative, understanding the fact that if you come to the understanding and believe that he died on the cross, he shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins, that he resurrected so that you could have life mm-hmm. here on earth and life to the fullness afterwards, 
I think when you've come to the realization that you've been forgiven much, um, it really causes you to want to live this transformative life. Mm -hmm. And um, so I think transformation is just a byproduct of an encounter with God. Mm -hmm. It should be anyway, right? Like when you encounter something that's 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 really changed your perspective or changed your life, it literally sh should shift the trajectory of your life. Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, transformation should be a part of it. So hence, yeah, I mean, being born again in a sense. Being literally. born again. Yeah, I was yeah. trying to find like language that would not go to that. I'm like trying, like, what are the kids saying? No, <laughs> he didn't want to be cliche. I respect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I respect yeah. it. But um, so I mean, like, but how did you how did you get into ministry though? Yeah. So I uh, were you a reckless teenager? <laughs> uh, man, you know, actually, I was. I was actually class clown, and we were talking before recording. Yeah, two class, class clowns clown. here. Yeah. Did you win? Like that was your superlative. You won a class clown. No, I tried to, and I didn't win that one. Honorary. I, I I was like honorary, but I didn't. I actually, yeah, I don't want to say what I won, but I didn't win that one. <laughs> What'd you win? Uh, high school, I won most popular, most conceited. And so interesting, yeah, like a cheerleader, like that, like a like a stereotypical cheerleader in a teen movie, in a yeah, sense. like the male version. Uh, yeah, I know. Did you play football? No, I didn't play football. Interesting. Yeah, I didn't play football. Hmm. And so, um, and football was kind of it was pretty. Uh, I went to school in the inner city. I can't say football. Football, we didn't have like the best football team, but yeah. um, no, I didn't. I didn't pursue ministry. I actually went to magnet school, okay. high school. And then what is what is that? It was just like I went to a high school for like advanced learning. Oh, nice. Like, okay. And, and then um, so I did good in school to say. Okay. And I didn't like it. I thought it was bored, so I went mm -hmm. back to my home high school. And after graduating, I pursued fashion. Okay. And uh, fashion, uh, um, you know, I went to school in New York, got involved in the fashion industry, and um, man, that just that comes with a lifestyle in itself of partying. I mean, not to say that just because you're in that industry, that's a decision you make, but there's mm -hmm. a large Population. But it's very ubiquitous when you're in that. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, I wasn't following, you know, Jesus at that time. Mm -hmm. And um, I got hooked on cocaine. Oh, wow. Uh, and yeah, man, I actually overdosed uh, coming out of my apartment. Um, and, you know, I almost died. Wow. And so. How old were you? I was 22. Okay, so this is a long time ago. Yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm sorry if yeah. I made you feel old. No, not at all. <laughs> Actually, I'm glad it didn't happen last week. Like, you know, uh, when that happened, well, last week. Uh, last week, yeah, I had a yeah. Little, little accident. A little but. accident. But I did a podcast in between then and now. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of, that was like a, a life-turning moment for me. Mm -hmm. And so that's why I made the decision I need to draw a line in the sand and uh, pursue, you know, what God had for my life. Wow. And I never heard the term, but like I knew I came to know Jesus as a teenager. I wasn't raised in the church all my life, mm -hmm. um, but I've always had an understanding of mm -hmm. faith and Jesus, and so I just knew that you know I needed to come back. I mean, but that's I mean, that's kind of cool though that you were in in your early twenties in in New York, yeah, doing fat. That's that's cool. Yeah, that must have been I mean a fun like season, but still you know trying yeah. to figure things out. Yeah, it was absolutely fun. New York Fashion Week and then even being in L.A. and working with L.A. Fashion Week and doing all those things. You know, that's that's what I thought mm -hmm. uh, I wanted to do with my life. And um, it's great. I love people that are in the fashion industry. Mm -hmm. I'm still into fashion. but He's um, got the essential short, shorts on, too. Yeah, I was going to wear the shirt, but it's long sleeve and it's too hot. Yeah, I wore it yesterday for a little bit and it was a big mistake. And I'm sure that was your, like, I regret this decision. I did, but it looked cool. Ah. Look cool. That's I'll suffer sometimes mm -hmm. for the sake of the fit. Well, you can probably wear that in, in a month or two when the weather's more, yeah. You know, cooler. I feel like I feel like it'll still be like a hundred in October. I mean, that's what it feels like. <laughs> but if you were an OC, you could you could have worn, worn you know that. End, yeah, so. that's true. That's true. So if I go visit you when I go in September, there you go. I'll September, wear it. yeah, I'll wear it. Okay, yeah, all right. But okay, so then you OD'd on on cocaine, mm -hmm. and then you. Did you leave New York, or, or what happened after well, I was that? Well, I was already in L.A. at that time. Oh, you're in L.A., okay. Um, yeah. And at Which is where you're from. Yeah. Okay. And uh, after that, I left everything. I went to a recovery program, a faith-based recovery program. Okay. And uh, called Teen Challenge. And then after that, I went to Bible College mm -hmm. and uh, started pursuing this this uh, call in ministry, mm -hmm. per se. Well, Man. pastoral ministry. Okay. That's crazy. So you did... You, you went to, in a sense, a, a kind of a boarding type prep school. Mm -hmm. Then you went back to normal high school. Uh -huh. Then to, to fashion school. And then you were in the big cities mm -hmm. in America mm -hmm. having fun. And mm -hmm. now you're in Bible college. Mm -hmm. That's a big transition. Massive transition. It's interesting. It's like two years ago I was, you know, at a bar, you know, high, drinking, doing whatever. And here I am now in Bible college, mm -hmm. like studying theology. 
yeah, it was a massive transformation. You know what I realized is, and I don't want to say trend, but I go at, at Vanguard, it's a Christian university. And I noticed that people who <clears throat> partook in a lifestyle where, where, where they had to drink a lot or they like to party or they like to, to use substances and drugs, they do that for a while and then they just have this radical transformation mm-hmm. where they don't just find religion, let's say Christianity per se. Mm-hmm. Like they don't just find Christianity, but they get super, super invested and involved into it. Like it's not just like, oh yeah, I'm a Christian, I go to church, but it's like they're, 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 they're passionate about it. They, they genuinely like the lifestyle that comes with being a Christian. Mm-hmm. They're, it's, they're all in is what yeah. I'm trying to say. Why, why is that? I've noticed that a lot, especially with different ministries too. Yeah, I think, that's, um, I think that's a fair observation to make. I think you're absolutely accurate. I just think of that scripture, um, he who's been forgiven much loves much. Mm-hmm. And I think um, you know people who come out of that lifestyle recognize the depth of their sin, like the mistakes that they've made, the things that they've done, the places that they've been. And they've realized, man, like I've been forgiven of all of that. Mm-hmm. And um, it causes them, I think, to, causes us to just kind of lean more and kind of, it's like a greater level of appreciation. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, one of the things I think about, like my kids, I'm like, you know, thinking about that. Well, do my kids going to have to go through something crazy, like mm-hmm. in order to love Jesus? You know, sometimes people who don't have that testimony hear testimonies like mine and they're like, man, I don't have a testimony like that. Like I just, you know, I grew up at home. I went to church and like, I just did my thing. And I got to be real with you. I think like that's the best testimony ever. <laughs> like how, how you have like, to learn the hard way. Well, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, think about it. Like, well, you had such trust in God and like such trust in, in the way you were brought up or in scripture that you're like, yeah, I'm good. Like that just speaks of God's like sustaining power. And I tell my kids, I tell my oldest that, and it's like my two year old has no idea. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's the best testimony and mm-hmm. uh, that you could have that you could say that you you stayed the course the entire time. And hmm. so that's a good message. I've never I've never actually thought of it that way, but huh. And so now, so then you get saved, you do all this and that, and now you have a church now in Bakersfield, mm-hmm. which is cool. It's in in the like the, I think it's the. What theater is it? It's the, called the Nile Theater. That's right? a that's a cool. I like that. I I go to his church. That's how I actually know him in a in a way. And so yeah, I guess you could say he's he's my pastor in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have been coming. Yeah, we're at the Nile Theater uh, in downtown Bakersfield. It's a historic theater. It was a nightclub. Uh, they used to, I guess, play that's crazy. movies there. <laughs> no, yeah, I think there used, there used to be. So I'm told that there was actually a stripper pole on the stage. There was, and it was it was still there up until a couple of years ago, wow. while a church was renting it. Or and uh, but it's gone. It's like the old church people would be like, "What's that pole doing there? It yeah. Must be an infrastructure well, problem." Well, our production <laughs> booth is the old bar. I don't know if you know that. That's, it, that makes that, sense now. It yeah. looks like I was like, that looks kind of cool. Yeah, it was and then outside it's like there's like a coffee bar. That yeah, it looks like a bar. Like, yeah, but the inside it. was the actual bar bar. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So your church, so you got transformed, and your church transformed itself with you I see yeah that's interesting <laughs> yes so right that's true our not only did I get transformed but the building that we're in it was, was like it was like calling you it was like meant you guys were meant, meant to, to be to, we were meant to collide and now you've added two services you've you've grown we're which adding, is good for a church right we're at yeah it's you know, it means you're busier and you're probably gonna have more for 45 a.m. mornings to work yeah, yeah right? I know right get, we're get at three o'clock I'll start working out with Mark Walbert with three a.m. <laughs> I think it's like four a.m. or something or, yeah yeah yeah, we're going to go to two services. I don't know when this releases, but September 18th. Um, yeah, it's kind of bittersweet, right? Because I didn't like start this church. So like, you know, I think a lot of us say it, but I wasn't thinking we were going to grow so fast. And That's how I felt about the podcast. And it just blew up. It just kind of happens. It just happens. Mm-hmm. And then I enjoyed the beauty of it. Like when we were like a few of us and then as you, you know, it's gotten bigger, you have these cool relationships and you're like, man, we're growing. Like It becomes a community. It becomes a community. And so, you know, I always think of breaking that community, but I got to think about this the different perspective of we're expanding the community and mm-hmm. we're we're saying that hey there's room for one more. Well that's what you want to see with anything is growth. But especially with something like that when it's a, a people it's a people business and it's meant to help people, you want to see growth. You want to see your product, which is ministry, being expanded and helping people. Yeah. So that's a, that's a cool thing. Yeah, I mean a byproduct of health is growth. So mm-hmm. I mean I think it's a good I think it's a good sign. So yeah, I'm excited. I'm super stoked that uh, we're going to two services. But I know what you mean. It's like you start something, you don't you don't know how far it's gonna grow or where it's gonna be. Like when I started the podcast, like dude, like I didn't I didn't know anything about recording, mm-hmm. knew nothing about mics, didn't really know what I was doing. But I was like, I, I gotta start somewhere. You gotta start somewhere. Because I'm sure that building that you're that you're in now, the Nile Theater, you didn't you didn't start in there. 
No, we did not start in Where'd you start? Start in a dance room. Okay. At a, a place called the Dignity Sports Complex. Where you you do basketball there? My brother, brother. My brother did. My brother, brother balls there, yeah. Your brother yeah, he you're, he's balling there at six in the morning. Dude, he's a beast now. He he's is. practicing with varsity right now as a freshman. That's insane. Like man, he's gonna be so much more athletic than me in high school, which is fine, good for him. Yeah. But he's gonna that means he's gonna be more popular than me in high school, which good for him too. I mean I mean it's whatever. Really, I mean, do you really mean that? Yeah, I did. Okay. I, I, I had to, I had to let off my chest. That's yeah. good, though. That's Because, you know, I'm in college. It doesn't matter when No, when you're it in doesn't college. matter Because, like, college. the thing with, like, people who are, like, 18 and 19 right now entering college, like, you go to college and you're with thousands of new people. No one's asking who was, you know, the most popular. No one was asking. Let me you know, see your drove. yearbook. Yeah, no one's, no <laughs> one's asking that. It's a, new, it's a new start. So that's why, I mean, it's important to stay true to who you are and, like, just focus on like the things that matter. That's good. That's what I realized. Dude, that'll preach, bro. I try. That's why I mean that's why I have a podcast. Like that's right. Podcast, yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> but uh yeah, he's uh practicing with the varsity now. I was like, whoa, good for you, man. You're fourteen. Well, that's where he's at, that nice that massive basketball court area courts. Uh we didn't start in there. We started in this small little dance. Like in room. the in the back? It's it's like right when you park, it's just this, it's now become the gym. But well, it was, was it as big as this room or a little bigger? No, it was a little bigger. Our kids' <laughs> room was actually smaller than this. Okay. And it was just this room and we had nothing. We had no sound, no mics, no chairs, nothing. And that's how we started. And now nine people. And now how many do you have? So on Sunday we're running a little over two hundred in attendance, um, and we're I mean we've got we're out of room, so um, we've kind of hit a lid with that. But we that was what eight months ago, mm-hmm. and so we're only eight months old, so that's been crazy. How do you how do you how do you keep track of like all the like is there who counts all those people that enter a church like that? Like I've always wondered like you know like some churches say like oh there's five thousand people here or those mega churches where it's like oh there's twenty thousand people here like how do they measure that like how do you get that metric? Is it like through like you know what I mean? Yeah, we actually have like ninjas and they're just hiding okay. behind there. No, well we have we have, we have people count. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and there's some one of the easiest things to do is just know how many chairs you have. Uh huh. Total out. Yep. And just count the empty chairs and subtract it. Okay. So it's not as complicated. As it's I not. It's not as complicated. We, we you know we don't inflate the numbers. Like at the end of the day, man. <laughs> at the end of the day, we're not really. I mean, it's kind of weird to say this, but like our win, like to, like the like the metric for for a win, like to measure a win for us. Is not attendance. Okay. It's engagement. Who's how are we engaging people? How are people engaging into the life of the community? How are people engaging into this new life of you know walking out their faith? Like that's huge for us. So when you talk about engagement, that's just how. Do you mean like how people are being influenced and how how they're changing their life in a way? Yeah. Is that and, what that engagement yeah, means? And how are they? So how are they getting connected? Ah, oh, I see. That's kind of like with podcasting. Like a big thing with podcasting is people put so much emphasis on like downloads and views and streams and, and all that jazz. And, and that's good. Yeah. You, sh- you should want to keep growing. You should want to target a decent amount of people. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it should, you should also be focusing on, on your, on your content. Like, are you giving a good message out to people? Yes. So they can be, they, they're engaging and they can be, they can connect in some way with what you're saying. Well, there's actually some parallels or some similarities, yeah. right? Because let's just, for example, you put your podcast out, let's say you put it on a YouTube or whatever. Yes. Yeah. And, or Facebook, and you get, oh, wow, I got a 1,000 views. I'm just throwing that number, a 1,000 views. Well, how many of those views were just three-second views? How many of them were 10-second yes. views? Did they actually, were they, you know, were, were they just driving by and essentially looking to see what it was? Yeah. No, you're looking for likes, comments, shares, all that, because that signifies engagement. And mm-hmm. so it's the same for the church. Attendance for us is just views. But who's really... Liking, who's resharing, who's commenting? You know, I'm using that language to connect. Oh, that's that was a great correlation. That's that it makes perfect sense. Like, who's actually there, and who's engaging within the church? Who's trying to find, you know, be within small groups and, and meet other people? I see how that works. It's, yeah. it's a very good way of explaining it. I mean, and the reality is, to count church attendance as a win or as a metric for a win is 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 just it's it's antiquated. Like the average church attendance in America is one in every three weeks. Really? Yeah, it's one in every Oh my gosh. It's so like, the average American goes to church every three Sundays? Yes, it's actually worse. It's like three point something. I don't know how you measure It probably that. goes down more when football season starts. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not the past. And I'm not going to do the sermon series wearing yeah. a football uh, jersey. I can't, I can't get into that. Have you done that? No. Have you seen that? No, I've, I've forced, never seen that. I've been forced to do it as a staff oh. pastor, but not as a lead. No. That's awkward. Yeah, we'll never do it's that. It's kind of like you're putting on a show, like a theater. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I'm so good. And you're, yeah, I mean, you're... I mean, if you want to wear a jersey to church, go ahead. We will not have a forced jersey day. (laughs) Just saying. Just saying. I see. Okay. You know. 
Have you been forced? You've never had to wear a jersey? No, but I remember, I mean, Super Bowl Sunday, because, like, there was one Super Bowl Sunday I remember, I think it was, like, the Broncos versus Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Super This is, like, 10 years ago, right? Okay. And um, we went to church, and there was there was a lot of people wearing Broncos jerseys. And I was like, it's kind of, it's cool that they're repping their team, but it just feels weird. Yeah. I don't know. If I felt, I was like, hmm, what's wrong? Yeah. What am I missing? Yeah. It's a little, it's a little. <laughs> Yeah, I'm not into that thing. But hey, if that's your thing, that's if you're thing. watching, hey, more power to you. It's just, you know, we know who we are and we know who we are not. Are you a Rams fan? I'm actually, I mean, this is probably going to speak into the reason why I'm not a, like a football fan. Mm-hmm. So, Oh, you're not? Hmm. Never really gotten into football. Interesting. I had a Raiders jacket once. Oh. That was it. I bet that was cool back in the day. I mean, it was kind of in that during that sketchy era of LA where like wearing one could get you shot. But, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. But you survived. Well, that's because my dad hid it and told me he threw it away. And like 10 years, hit? dude, like 10, 15 years later, I found it in a box in the garage. Like as an adult. Is that funny what parents do sometimes? Oh, I was, trying, I was, I was heated. Yeah. I was like, I'm like, I'm a grown man, but I'm heated about this. Mm-hmm. And so I talked to my therapist and we're good. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, what's the hardest thing about ministry? You know what I mean? Cause I feel like it's, a, you're not working 40 hour weeks. You're probably working 60 hour weeks, maybe even more. Yeah. It's constant going, going. You're not clocking in or clocking out, but it's just a lot of engaging is what it is. I think it is. You know, you know, I hear I got you know, I want to be careful. I think in the past when I've worked at churches, that was my um, that was the pace that I had to run. You're doing forty plus hours, you're doing events, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're constantly, constantly moving. Um, and now that I'm a lead pastor with more experience and I actually, um, I feel like I'm running at a different pace. Mm-hmm. And so I'm learning to pace myself and pace our church and pace our team mm-hmm. to run, like run, run at a healthy um, capacity. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, there's seasons where you do work crazy hours and then there's some where it's not as crazy. But you ask me what the hardest thing is. I think the hardest thing is, I say this from the pulpit, I say, man, Christianity would be absolutely easy if it didn't involve people. and uh, I think that working with people is this beautiful mess and it's 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 beautiful and it's risky and um, so sometimes you know it's leading people is 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 the hard part but it's honestly at the same time it's like the best thing it can be very rewarding but also very discouraging at the same time very much so Mm. yeah because you love people and you want the best for people and sometimes people don't make you know maybe some decisions that you think would be better for them and I don't mean that in a controlling way um, or you, you know, you see people maybe walk away mm-hmm. from faith. And so, yeah, those things kind of hurt. But, um, but, you know, like I said, I think um, there's such an absolute beauty in it. I think the beauty outweighs the risk and outweighs any of the negative stuff. So it's, it's more reward. It's then. more reward. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Well, now, when it comes to like the young, like youth, like let's say 17 or 16, 17 to like 24, 25. Mm-hmm. Would you say it's harder for them to, to, to be engaged within religion and Christianity? Because I feel like there's so many. I mean, I'm 19, and there's, I mean, there's a lot of distractions. I mean, everyone's got a phone. Everyone's got a tablet. Everyone's going here and there. It's just I, can, I sometimes can see how it can be hard to care mm-hmm. and be really involved with you know Christianity and the lifestyle that yeah. it entails. Yeah, I think that's definitely a, that's a hard age group, especially mm-hmm. with everything that you just mentioned. Um, but I also think it can be a very um, important age group to um, to reach, mm-hmm. especially because I think when they're bought in, when that age group is bought in or sold out to something, they're completely sold out to it. But one of the things that I'm seeing with the younger generation is that they're more into authenticity than fluff. Mm-hmm. I think they've seen fluff, whether they saw it from their growing up in their parents' church or in other things or in other spaces. I feel like they just want something real. They want something authentic. They want truth. They have questions. They want answers. And I think we have to provide spaces where they can ask those questions. And we have to be a place where we can provide those answers. And also be okay sometimes saying, hey, you know what? I don't know the answer to that. Because mm. I think that's, that's humbling. <laughs> yeah, that's humbling. But I've, I, you know, even leading a young staff and a young team, I've realized that relational equity is everything that they don't really care how much I know. It's this cliche until they know how much I care. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things that I'm super big on is relational equity with my staff and with my team, especially the younger ones. So what is relational equity? 
it's making sure that I'm investing into them as a human, not just as an object mm -hmm. or, a, uh, or, you know, as a, as someone that's going to do something for me and help me accomplish my vision. Like this may sound insane, but you know, when I meet with my people, with my team members, like you, let's say you're on my staff or you're on my team. Well, I have this principle where I'm going to spend 80% of my time talking with you about how you're doing as a human, how you're doing as, as an individual, if you're married, whatever it is. And then we'll spend the other 20% talking about sh talking shop mm. because I want, and it's not just something I do for a sake of manipulation or because I generally care about people, but I want our, my team to also know I care about them. Mm. And I think that's what people want. They don't want to feel used. They don't want to feel like, you know, they're a means to an end. And I think when someone sees that you're relationally invested and you truly care for them, they're gonna, they're gonna, you know, they're gonna step up. That's deep. Yeah, that's a good TikTok clip I can use later. Boom, there it is. Like finally, like forty five minutes in, <laughs> finally got one. Man. Or something, or something for TikTok. But I, I do, I do see what you're saying because I feel like, I feel like society has always been like this. People are just naturally like this in the way where they want to try to. It's a, they're it's selfish for their intentions. They want to get to know you and talk to you for a certain benefit. They're not really yeah. they don't really care about you, in in a, in an authentic way. Yeah. And I feel unfortunately that can, it can be like that sometimes in in school in mm -hmm. college. It's like, do the professors really care about me or do they just want me to get good grades so it looks good on mm -hmm. the surveys and so you know it looks good to the administration and all that. It makes the school look good. Yeah. I know I can sometimes feel that way in a university, but I think that's a that's a cool thing about a church. Is a church is meant to care for people. It's not they're not trying to like offer or trying to get something out of you. It's they're meant I feel it's it's supposed to be a community, a loving yeah. community. Yeah. I'm not into transactional relationships where I'm gonna just connect with you based on the fact that you're gonna give me something and then I can give you something and then we can equally benefit from that. I don't think that's Christianity at all. You know, I think that just goes completely against the gospel narrative. And so I think that um, you know, just kind of changing the way we approach that and even that age group. And that actually can speak in, doesn't have to just be that younger age group. I just think across the board, mm -hmm. collectively, um, that's the way we should approach people. Hmm. That's a good way to look at it. I mean, that's good for me to hear as I'm about to go to school yeah. and college. But it's also, the thing with people is, I mean, people can really, they like, I think I said this before, I mean, everyone's been told this or heard this or something. I mean, like, they can really make or break you. Like, you can make, meet really good relationships and they can change your life, yeah. and they can introduce you to really cool things, and just really enhance who you are as a, as a human being. Yeah. And then there's some who can really bring you down, yeah. and you degress, yeah. or digress, excuse me. And then you're just, yeah, it's it, relationships and, and people in general, it's a very complex thing. I know this is your podcast, but yeah. I, I want to ask you. Go ahead. Oh, please go ahead, yeah. What has your experience been within the faith community, and how has that maybe shaped you in a positive way or maybe not? So I don't know the fullness of your story or your backstory. I mean, that's, wow, that's a deep question. I mean, so, I mean, I grew up, you know, Christian. Mm -hmm. I grew up going to church. I still go to church. Um, and that was good for me. I'm happy that my parents made that a priority when I was a child. Um, my teenagers especially, you know, those are always challenging years and, and stressful years and for everyone. But I got that foundation. I learned about uh, Christianity, I learned about Jesus and all that. And that, and that, was, that was good for me. But as I went to college, Vanguard, and, and this is no, nothing towards Vanguard at all, but what I realized about a lot of, uh, not a lot, but I would say a decent amount of students at Vanguard is there was ju judgmental attitudes and, and people being judgmental towards others. It was, it was tangible. You could, you could really feel that. And it was expressed. I mean, like, it's a Christian university, so there's a certain code and ethic that the school wants you to follow. Right, and for the most part, students are, are following that. That they're they're following their life, not how the school wants them to follow, it, but but how how the Bible wants wants them to live their lives. It's a Christian university; so right. it goes hand in hand. But you have to understand too that everyone grows up differently. Not everyone grew up in in a Christian home right. or in a stable house. Um, there's, some people grew up with a lot of dysfunction. Some people grew up with a lot of brokenness. So to them, they don't they don't understand. What, what like how how their life should be lived be, through like someone else's perspective right. so the way let's say that they want to party they want to do this they want to do that but they're still doing well in school and in sports or, or whatever they're doing and they're working and that works for them they could be like okay this this is good for me i, I I'm, I'm figuring things out this right but i feel like vanguard it's like or the school i go to it's or in the faith community not just it's not just about vanguard it's just where i really experienced it was because that was like the first faith community type place i, I really felt it was it was just kind of like like 
I don't know. You kind of felt like that segregation in a way. That moral segregation is what I call it. Like who's more spiritual and who's less spiritual. Yeah, and who's, who's, who's really like a Christian. But I'm like, we all mess up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I mean, I like... So how have you navigated that? It's been a lot of learning. And it's been not... not it's been a lot of like learning from my how I view certain things. Like, do I believe this because, you know, it's like but what I've been told my whole life? Or do I believe it because I thought critically about it? And I had a certain experience with something and that shaped how I view this. That's good. Like I believe that like, I mean like Christians, like everyone's going to mess up. We're human. I mean, we're not perfect. That's, that's how, that's just, that's facts. That's, that's the truth. But when it comes to to Christians, it's like people are, they're going to mess up. They're humans. Yeah. I mean like Christians, they're going to party. They're, they're going to get, they're going to make some decisions they shouldn't be making or some things that aren't necessarily beneficial to them. But I think that we shouldn't view them differently. We should just view them as people still. But I think that when it comes to in a faith community, like there's a certain like code that you are supposed to follow or things you can and can't do. And then you see someone in a faith community act a certain way <clears throat> and do something a, a different way that they shouldn't be doing. It kind of creates that tension, yeah, which is being judgmental. And then it just, you feel that shift and I don't know. Well, it doesn't sound like you're at a Christian university. It sounds like you're at a church. <laughs> I mean, that's what it is, right? Everybody at, at in church is in a different, is in a, you know, I've had to learn that probably the hard way, you know, especially coming out of Bible college, super zealous, and then getting my humble pie handed to me over the course <laughs> of years and working with people. Everybody's on a different journey. And I don't think, you know, everybody's in a, in a different season of their life. Everybody's in a different lane. We're all essentially headed towards the same direction, but for some of us, it might take us a little bit longer. It might, some of us might get there a little bit faster. Some of us might get there and then make a mistake and have a setback. I think at the end of the day, it's our, it's our job. You know, I was reading this man and I'm, I'm going to preach now because oh, uh, I, don't, I don't get to preach this Sunday. My wife is preaching on oh, Sunday. So he has to preach on Tuesday night on the podcast. Yeah, on the podcast. <laughs> it's a Tuesday, by the way. <laughs> but it's, you know, this paraphrase of scripture says to live a life worthy of a call and to walk in humility, gentleness, and patience and bearing with one another in love. Mm-hmm. Bearing when this is talking to the church amongst amongst believers, and I think that's what we're called to do. We're right. We're called to. I think the way you shift culture, the way you can shift an atmosphere, is through humility, gentleness, and patience, and bearing with one another in love. And I think that just speaks of the life and the love of Jesus. But if we learn to be patient with each other, hey man, you're on a different journey than me. You might not be where I'm at, but I'm going to still choose to love you. Mm-hmm. I'm going to choose to accept you. I'm going to choose to still be there for you. I think that's kingdom, bro. I think that's what we need because the truth is not everybody's going to be on the same page at the same time. And we need, we need to exercise, I think, a little bit more grace. I'd rather lean more on the side of grace and be wrong when I get to heaven then know that I was just super heavy on judgment and lacked grace and empathy and get to heaven and realize that I also, I got it wrong. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Where you were too legalistic. I was too sense. legalistic. And so I just try to find that middle balance, man. And I, and I checked this out, dude. I, I've said this from the pulpit and, um, you know, when Jesus like called the disciples, like he didn't say, Hey, yo, Peter, um, listen, before you follow me, I need you to I need you to stop cussing because you're a fisherman, so you probably do cuss. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> I need you to get your life together. I need you to get everything in order. Hey, uh, Luke, I need you to make sure you take care of this. I need y'all to get your theology right, and then when you do that, you can come follow me. That's deep. See, that's no, no. That's, 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 not, that's not what's talked about enough. No, this is what he said. He said, "Hey, listen, just come." I'm, I'm gonna. He didn't say it, but it's like, "Hey, come follow me." And in these next three and a half years, we're gonna work those things out. We'll work out those theological uh, differences. We'll work out those character issues. We'll work out those flaws. And then I'll continue to work it out. And mm-hmm. like, that's what the gospel is. It's just like, come follow me, man. And let transformation come when it comes. We can't force people to transform. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think we've done a lot of times within those contexts. We want to force people to conform to patterns and behaviors that we carry a conviction of that that person doesn't have a conviction of yet. Mm. And so it's, is it true transformation or is it transformation for the sake of Making it look like I fit into this, like a utopian, it almost. Yeah, in a way. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Huh. I can. I, can I might have made some that. people mad with that. Oh no, no, no worries at all. But the coffee's good. Okay. <laughs> no, but I mean, what I realize is like patience and love and acceptance. Like those three things are probably the hardest things that we can like enact and actually like learn how to do in this life. It's hard to be patient. Yeah. I'm a, a very patient person naturally. Okay. My mom is. I'm. I'm really not. And I mean, it's hard to to, to love because it's. It, and I don't, I don't know if I'm speaking like to everyone in the, when I say this, but it's, it's hard to love because I mean, I feel like love starts from within first. Like we have to like love ourselves yeah, first in order absolutely. to really love others. Absolutely. And like most of our lives, especially like 
those teen years, like you're learning to really understand and appreciate who you are yeah. and love who you are. Yeah. And that's what can be hard about like those like first couple years of college because you're 18, 19, 20 years old. You're like, you're still young. You're still figuring yourself yeah. out. You're still learning to accept who you are and even yeah. understanding your identity. Yeah. Well, you're in, a, you're in a place of where a lot of self-discovery is still taking place. Mm-hmm. People are trying to figure out who they truly are outside of the world of high school, outside of the the caste system of high school. Mm-hmm. And like you said, nobody cares who you are. Like, or, or like, you know, it's thousands of students. Yeah. Nobody's asking you a yearbook check. Let me see what you were voted. And so you're away from your family. You're away from your home. You're away from your friends. And so you're kind of coming into your own and you're learning. Um, you're, you're actually in a place where... You're also learning to apply a lot of the things that you've learned. You're also discovering maybe some things that work and some things that don't work. But, you know, I think it's a, I would like to think that those spaces are a safe space to mm-hmm. be able to, to discover that. That's what I think, like, like at Christian universities, and I'm not just singling out my school at all. I, I love where I go to school. I, I really do. It's a great university. They've been very great to me. But when it comes to, to Christian universities or, or faith-based universities... I think what happens is like when when kids are like partying or smoking or doing this and that, it, it goes against like what that school stands for. Mm-hmm. And so they punish them. It's like it's and then you create this this tension as well when in a sense like that should be expected. Like it should be expected that kids are gonna act that way. Yeah. I don't I mean, I'm not saying that you shouldn't punish people completely, but I think that it should be carried out in a different sense. It shouldn't always be like, all right, they, they did this, they did that, they went against this code, now we're gonna fine them 50 bucks. Now we're gonna fine them 100 bucks. Like, I, don't, I don't believe in that. Because now you're just making someone shun the university and what the university is associated with, which is, which is Christianity and faith. And you're like, oh, if that's what that religion's about, and they're gonna, I'm gonna get in trouble for that? Like, what? Yeah. It's kind of stupid. Yeah. That's you know a, what I mean? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I don't know. Like I said, as I hear you talking about it, it really is just parallel to the local church. Mm-hmm. It's like, I, you know, I have to, for, you know, and there's two different, we're talking about two different contexts, but the same God and, um, you know, people within the church that I preach to every Sunday, there's people that are struggling who are Christians have been Christians all their lives. They're struggling with everything that you've mentioned that can, or can possibly think of that's going on your campus is also going on within the context of the church. And, um, I know college and church is different. Um, but like I said, man, I'm going to stick to my guns and say at the end of the day, we're called to walk in love and patience, um, and gentleness and bearing with one another in mm-hmm. love. And I think when people experience that grace and that mercy and that love, when we give that to people and they experience that, I think that for a moment they get a true taste and sense of that transformative power of Jesus that we speak of. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's where true transformation can take place the most. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's preaching it tonight, folks. Dang, I know. Should I take an offering? Should we do the offering? Uh, yeah, we could yeah. quick take a, you know, do the announcements too. You know, like 20 minute announcements. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you. We always try to shorten them, but there's so much to say. You can never shorten. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. And we only try to do three. It's... Yeah, it turns out to be like five. No, a little more than that, but I'm not, comp- it's good. It's good to know what's going on. It's yeah. transparency is what it is. Yeah, yeah. And people want to know that. Full disclosure. They want to hear that. Full disclosure. But I mean, that's the thing about like, I, I love college. <laughs> so that was funny. I was just at a staff meeting yesterday. And I was like, man, were those announcements, they're kind of long or is it because we were standing? <laughs> that's anyways. So. Yeah, no, <laughs> but um, uh, what was I saying? Oh, I, but I do like college. I think college, I think it's good to, and in and, and college, it's not the answer for, for everyone. It's not. But I, what I'm trying to say is it's good to, I think, to get out of the house yeah. at some age between 18 and, and 22, mm-hmm. around that age group. Because, I mean, you're developing into uh, uh, an adult. Yeah. You, you need to, you're, you need to under, you're understanding responsibility. You're understanding what you like, what routes you need to take in this life, mm-hmm. how to be you know, a, a, a contributing person to society and also to yourself, too. How you can, you know help yourself out and have a successful life. Yeah. And I think that that's not always attainable when you live with your mom or you live with your parents or, or whoever, yeah. your parents, whoever's your, your parental figures in your life for a while, for an extended yeah. amount of time. I think there's a certain age where it's like, I got to try this out. I got to see what I like and what I, what I need to do in this <clears> life and what routes I need to take. And I think it, it's a good time, like especially around like 18, 19, 20 years old because I mean... I want to agree with you, and so part of it, part of me doesn't, because I have a thirteen-year-old who will one day be that <laughs> age, and I have four kids. So I I agree, and I think I I think I don't know if I was having this conversation 
with your dad or someone, but I, I liken it to this as well. It's, it's, it's the difference between lecture and lab, right? In college, you have lecture and lab. Yeah. You sit and you hear the, the, what, what you're going to do, and it just you know goes on and on and on and on, and then finally you go into the lab and you have to apply everything that you learn. Basically, what you're expressing to me is like you grow up at home. This is lecture time. This is, this is how many years of being home, hearing it, being raised in this environment, and then when you get taken out of that environment and put into whether it's college or you move away now, it's like lab. It's like lecture lab. This is the time to really apply and figure out if this works, if it doesn't work, if it's, you know, what's the chicken of it? What can I, what, eating the meat and spitting out the bones <laughs> and figuring it out and coming into your own. And I think that there's some things that we can never fully discover and tap into if we don't make that decision to step away and step into, you know, whatever God has for you, mm -hmm. whether it's going to school and, you know, whatever comes after that. So I think there's a lot of wisdom in that for sure. Mm -hmm. And I would love my kids to experience the same. My wife and I joke, you know, we, we determine which kid we want to stay and which kid we don't, you know, out of four we can, but we've had this conversation of how great it's going to be for our kids to experience college, to experience life away from home at some point in their life. And that's the thing is like people, like when you're off to college at 18 years old, like <laughs> that was only a year ago for me, but like you're going to make mistakes. Like, like I made so many mistakes my freshman year, but the thing that I'm happy that some of those mistakes sucked because they had, you know, more bearable um, um, ramifications than others. Mm -hmm. The gravity of them was higher. But, I mean, I'm happy that I made most of my mistakes because I learned. I'm right. like, I'm not going to do that again. And I'm happy I did it now and not when I'm like 25. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Absolutely. And it was like, and you're with people who are the same age group as you. They're super young. They're trying to figure things out too. You know, like... Some may look like they have it all together. They have a perfect relationship and, you know what I mean, and straight A's. But, like, there's, they, they, there's, they're still trying to figure themselves out on a lot of other things out, too. Yeah. And it's good like because you, you're in that, like, community. So you're experiencing it with other people your age. So I think the growth and the, the, the gravity of those relationships is just it's, – it's higher. It's stronger. Well, you said something that was key. You said in, the, in a community. And I think your community is going to be your strength, mm -hmm. right? I think the, the, the community has the ability to help – uh, shape you, help form you um, into, I think, the person who God ultimately has called you to be. Like, we believe that doing life in community is massive. And uh, I think that if you're in the right community, a community gives you permission to make mistakes. A community is also going to call you out on those mistakes, but they're going to give you the grace to learn from them and encourage you to continue to move forward. Mm. And I think that's huge. And it's just, it's what we try to push at church. That's why we do life in community, you know what I mean? And it's like you're getting that. You'll never get those four years back again. No. You'll never get that experience. Whether it was great in some moments and horrible in some moments, I guarantee you in hindsight, you'll look back and say those were some of the four most incredible years of my life. And uh, when I worked at a Bible college, I used to see students that would come back for fundraisers and things of that nature. And I remember, I remember particular, I'd hear this all the time. And one student came to me and said, I miss this place so much. And I'm like, why? I'm here all the time. <laughs> and they, it said something to me that really stood out. They're like, I didn't take advantage of the community that I had here. And I feel like I missed out on a major opportunity in my life. And mm -hmm. I'm like, man, that just, that just spoke to me. Um, just how important it is to have that. That first year went by so fast. I remember I moved in August. I was like, whoa, whoa, what is going on? I was excited but scared at the same time. Yeah. And then first week of May, I'm moving out. I'm like, whoa, that was already the first year. Only have three more to go. Well, two and a half because I'm like a semester ahead. But oh, wow. I'm not trying to boast. You know, yeah, yeah. APs, take them. There if you're in high school, AP. take APs. AP. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean... How was like? How was it like after you know you're done with with college and stuff when you're out in the real world, re real world as an adult and you know what I mean? Hard. Yeah, I I'm mean, not looking forward to that. I mean, part of me is, but I'm like, uh, it's college is fun. I got married about six months after Bible college, so my life took you know sped up real quick. That's quick. Six yeah, months. and then my wife within the first year, uh, my wife was pregnant with our first, and so. Yeah, it was just a new adjustment. It was a, re a new adjustment to that kind of life, to living life as a pastor as well, being married, having kids. Mm -hmm. um, but I felt like I was equipped for it. Mm -hmm. um, but life isn't easy, man. Mm -hmm. It comes with ups and downs, but it's been, it's been good. I wouldn't, <clears throat> you know, I, I wouldn't take back anything, <clears throat> any, even mistakes that I've made, even hardships, challenges, looking back. I wouldn't take any of that back because it really has informed and shaped the person I am today. And I don't mm -hmm. think I could be the father, the husband, the pastor, the leader that I am today if it was not for those experiences. Right. And so 
like some of the things that we partake in, like the, the new journeys or adventures we pursue, or even some of the mistakes we make, like you look back and you're happy that you made some of those mistakes and yeah. then tried those <clears throat> new journeys out and tried this new thing out because like it's molding you into the person you were always meant to be. Yeah. I mean, you know I wasn't I mean? happy when I was going right. through it, but, but now, after, yeah. yeah, I'm like, oh, that was nothing, man. Yeah, it's like, ah, oh, it's whatever. But I'm like, I don't need it to happen again. You know what I mean? Like, I'm mm-hmm. good. And so, yeah, but those things definitely are. They do make us who we are, hmm. you know? I wonder how long we've been talking for, because I don't have the time or thing, but probably close to like 45 minutes or something. It's gone fast, like it's gone quick. at school. Yeah. I hope the second year doesn't go by that fast. Really, I hope it doesn't. Yeah, man. That'd be a, that's a good thing to hear, though. That's a good thing to hear. I love college. It's fun. That's awesome. And when I used to say it, people were like, oh, you just like the freedom. I mean, yeah, but it's like... What's the thing that you enjoy the most? I think I like... I, I like... I'm a social person. Uh-huh. I like being around people. Okay. For a while, and everyone, you know... You know it's Are like, you the social butterfly? Yeah, sure. I guess you could say okay. that. I mean, I, I can make friends pretty quick. I, I, made, I made friends really quick in college, and it was good. It was fun. And... The thing with like relationships, what I learned is like some are gonna stick and some aren't gonna stick. Yeah. Like we make quick relationships. We're like, oh, this is gonna be fun. We're gonna, you know, hang out with this person a lot. We're gonna do a lot of fun things. It's like when you get in that relationship, with like girlfriend or boyfriend, it's like this can be awesome. It's, it, you're so. It's like you're seeing everything perfectly through like rose colored glasses. Yeah. But in reality, it's like those glasses get shattered. Yeah. And then you're like, oh man, you got to reevaluate your your perspective and your mindset. And then I, I would say when the dust settles, mm-hmm. then you kind of. You said the honeymoon fades in relationships. <laughs> yeah, friendships and relationships. Yeah. There's a honeymoon phase in everything. <clears throat> oh, yeah. I told yeah. I mean, I've told my staff that. And we all got together and we're all in the team. I'm like, you guys, like a year after, I'm like, you guys know the dust has settled, right? The honeymoon is over. Like, now this is the real, this is who you really are. Yeah. You know, and you guys are stuck with each yeah. other. And, yeah. and uh, but, you know, that happens. And, and it's and it's good the honeymoon phase goes away because then you, like, truly get to see truth and understand what's going to work and what's not going to work for you because everything is perfect it's like you're not going to want to do anything everything's perfect they see the truth about you too Hmm. you know not just we see the truth about them but they I was having a conversation with our team and I said I know that you guys now know what my strengths are and I know you also know (laughs) what my weaknesses are Mm -hmm. I know that you also know the things that maybe annoy me and there's also things that I probably do that annoy Mm -hmm. you I go but you know that's that's part of the beauty of this is continuing to move forward in our friendships and our relationships, knowing these things mm. um, about each other, mm. and uh, that takes a lot. It takes it a lot does. of maturity, and that's like the and yeah, and like in your first year of college, it's like you're not gonna, you're gonna lose friends, and you're also gonna gain some friends. And I feel yeah. like that happens a lot through the first couple years of college, and then like, from what I've been told by upperclassmen, like your junior senior year, like it starts to like. You need to start gaining the friends with the beach house in Newport. That's what you need to do. I'm going to aim for that. You got to aim for that. Aim for Balboa it. Island, dude. You got to find those ones. Or Laguna. You got Laguna. Laguna's oh, nice. Laguna's good, man. I'm just saying. Find those friends. <laughs> yeah, or, or or strike it good with a podcast and see what happens. Or sort of my own business That's one day. That's true. We'll see. We'll see. Is that what direction you're headed? So I want to do something with media and people, for sure. I mean, I'm going to school right now for business administration, which is applicable to nearly everything. Mm-hmm. Almost every field. Smart or, or or role in this life, and I'm gonna see if I can add a, a minor in journalism. Really, I've been having the podcast for a little over two years now. Wow, and I love I love talking to people. Like I, I I genuinely enjoy this. Like this is cool for me. Yeah, to get to talk to someone, pick their brain. We both get to share perspectives and the information we have, and then vice versa. Yeah, because then that leads to growth. Absolutely, it's not just someone like oh hearing one person talk like blah blah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like when you're a professor, ramble on for a while or. A teacher, you kind of be, you're kind of like whatever. Like, when's this over? Yeah, I know. Absolutely. When we have people involved, it's like, okay, this is kind of cool because it adds more, um, more vitality to it. Well, yeah, we can connect with their stories. Yeah. When you hear someone else sharing a story, there's always something you can possibly have to connect with that person. Mm-hmm. That's why you tend to engage a lot more mm-hmm. versus one person just giving a lecture. Even yeah. as a pastor, you know, <laughs> it's like how do you mix it up sometimes? And and it's funny the the times that I've seeing people sometimes be the most engaged as if I've ever had a panel and you're just letting people share their stories and experiences on whatever topic you might be talking about mm. and you just see how man stories are really this fabric I say like I say it in the church world our stories are the very fabric that when woven together create the beautiful tapestry known as the church mm-hmm. and so what you're doing man is is life-giving and so that's that's a that's a cool thing that you're able to connect with people on that level and put their stories out there Thank you. Well, you're doing the same thing too. Yeah. 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 So we're both in, in the people business, I guess. 
We are in the people business, yeah. man. It's fun, but it takes work. It does. It does. I love working with people. I love people just like you, man. As I'm listening to you talk, I'm like, that's me all day. That's <laughs> me. I'd rather sit and ask somebody a ton of questions and hear about them than in hear about me. Yeah. And uh, just curious. Well, because we're with ourselves all the time. We can't. We yeah, get I'm like, oh, kind of boring. Whatever, dude. That was me today sitting in the office. I was like, I'm alone. I'm bored. I'm leaving. Dude, that's how it's been for me two weeks. I was talking to you earlier with, with, um, with, my, with my summer job. It's just been yeah. me in the office for two weeks because everyone got COVID. Yeah, that, it's a big office. It is. It's but it's it's peaceful. Yeah, and we don't get too many like complaints because my boss is really likable. People like him. You get some crazy people who call every now and then. Yeah, I think it was like a week ago. Somebody was just like complaining to me how our house flooded. I'm like, I'm really sorry. Yeah. But I'm not. <laughs> I'm I'm not an insurance company. You know yeah. what I mean? Like I'm not. I'm not State Farm. You didn't tell her you were you weren't a plumber either. Nah. Yeah. I should have probably told her that. She probably thought I was a plumber. Or That's something. probably why she called. Well, it's probably why she kept talking for 30 minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then after I, I, I hung up the phone, I was like, my head hurts. That, was, that wasn't fun. Man, better you than me. Yeah. Better you. What I was, I was, what's that? No, go ahead. No. I was going to say I was patient. That was good. Well, probably because you had that beach view here outside. Oh, yeah. Here, so. uh, beach view. I'm on the seventh floor um, in my, where I work. Then the seventh floor, I, I see the most, the prettiest view of Bakersfield. It's, 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 a, it's a, what it is, is it's a... a a freeway system that the, uh -huh. that the city finally started thought about building like seven years ago, uh -huh. even though Bakersfield should have had one a mm -hmm. long time ago. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can see all the dirt, the pollution settling in the back of the mountains or by the mountains because we're in a valley. Yeah. And what are the, the oil wells? Are those what those things are called? Yeah, oil There's rigs. Whatever. Oil rigs, yeah. yeah I don't know. Or oil wells, whatever. Oil wells. There's like a lot out there. I love Bakersfield. I talked about it in my other episode with, with Vince Fong that, that came out uh, August, but it's good to go back to the beach, man. You know, and I used to hate And don't be jealous, because no, I'll see you. You'll be there next no, month. No, I'll, I'll be there next month. I love Bakersfield, man. It's grown on me, and, um, you know, I see I see, I see, see the fabric of our city changing slowly but surely, mm -hmm. and you have a lot more people moving in from the city, such as myself and my parents <laughs> and stuff like that. So, But I'm loving it. There's no beach, but it's not that far. You so. know what they should do? Huh. Is they should they should um, have something like on, like on a, like a, a ballot or something where people can vote on if, like, taking taxpayer money and like maybe like having like a man-made beach because there's places that there's like uh, towns that I've done it in Texas I believe really like super hot towns in Texas that's dope I'd go that, yeah that, that'd be awesome right dude funny story I just I don't know if this applies to life at all but it's hilarious I was uh, in Shafter filming a commercial for something and uh, there was an intern there who was from San Diego mm. and he had never been to Shafter <laughs> and he had never been to Bakersfield. And so I was, he's from San Diego, sunny San Diego. And I was like, Hey man, how are you liking Bakersfield? He's like, yeah, I'm like, how are you liking Shafter? And he's, I'm like, dude, have you been to the Shafter beach? It's beautiful. <laughs> the guy lit up and was like, I have no, oh my gosh, where is it at? Dude, I felt so bad. Well, you punked him. I, mean, I pumped him up too. Yeah. Man. Well, you pumped him up and then punked him at the same time. I did. Time. I know. I felt bad. But he should have also been like, we're in the middle of California. Where would the beach be, bro? I, I mean, like I, you should have like thought critically. But I think people from San Diego think there's a beach everywhere. I think so. And I think so. I felt bad. Like yeah. he, he left. I didn't see him after that. Like he uh, walked out of the room and I didn't see him again. Uh, but it made for a cool story. That, that's a funny story. Yeah. And it was it. It's good that that happened because then you got to tell it on the podcast. It's on the podcast. Punk people, but not too not too badly. Pump and punk. I like that. Pump and punk. Pee pee. You're you said you were. <laughs> you were pee. <laughs> you said you were a fashion guy. Yeah. If the podcast really explodes and, and grows, we're the, gonna have some merch. The shirts. You need to design the merch. Pump and punk. That's one of them. And then like in, in parentheses, pp p and p. Just go pp. Okay. Just. Okay, keep yeah. it simple. Let's keep it simple. <laughs> well, uh, Alberto, what, what do you have going on, and where can where can the people find you? Uh, yeah, we have the uh, Collective Church. It's uh, we're on Instagram mm -hmm. at uh, Collective Church. Uh, we also have if you ever want to go on my Instagram uh, at mention Alberto Bayo. We have a link to our leadership podcast and stuff that my wife have done. Uh, but yeah, you can find us on there. You can find them and people who are in Bakersfield. You know, Bakersfield's like it, it, I think it's close to half a million. But it, it feels like 2,000 some days. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you're, like, on the southwest side of town, I feel like you're going to bump into someone. You know where, you know where Firestone's at? Yeah. Just, yeah. You go into Firestone, and, and yep. Firestone, it's, it's, a, it's like, a, like a grill. It's, it's really good food. It's a Central California thing. So if you're in NorCal or if you're in SoCal, it's like, if you haven't heard of it, that's why. It's, yeah. it's a Central California thing. 
But I went there today for lunch, and like they're just like you see people that you know. Yeah. But not just one person, but like multiple people. Multiple people. Everyone's at Firestone. Everyone everybody wanted. Goes to, everybody goes to. Firestone. Everyone wanted the fries, and everyone wanted. Well, club sandwich. Well, you have a lot of attorneys that go there. You have law enforcement. You have city officials that go there. You have regular. You have construction. Everybody go. It's like a melting pot <laughs> at lunchtime. You'll find everybody there. You can probably get your taxes done. You can work your probation <laughs> papers out and eat at the same time. You know what's funny yeah. is I saw three pro- probation cops leaving when, yeah, I, when totally, I got there. Yeah, I'm totally. So he's he's not wrong. I'm not lying. Three of them left. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you could. If you need to take a drug test, you could take it there. Right and then, then and yeah, there. Boom, you're Beep. done. There we go. There it is. Connection. Correlation. But that was fun, folks. Um, anything Anything else you want to add before I close? If no, you have like any spurring thoughts, I don't want to like, you know, shut them down. I, I, just, thanks for having me, man. It's been a blast. Thank it was you. fun. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to, to school. It's going to be good. Um, yeah, the podcast is going to keep going. Hopefully we can get merch one day. We'll see. We'll yeah, see how that works. I think it'll be good. That'd be fun. I think you'll hit it out of the park. You know what I think? You know what would be cool? Hmm. So we have the Starbucks cups right here. It's like a coffee mug. I want to get a new logo for the show. Yeah. And then like like the logo right there. Yeah, you got to do it. It kind of like gives off talk show vibes. Absolutely. But not completely because it's like it's more laid back. And I'm wearing a t-shirt that's a smile again. Yeah. And now a three-piece suit. And then you can like give it away. Like people do certain things like, hey, if you share this or, yeah. you know what I mean? Or like, hey, you know, we'll send you a, I don't know, something crazy. If, if you... Yes, it was some crazy incentive. It's like you're gonna get this cup that I used, and then I mark it, so yes. they know I'm not punking them. No, you're not. Punking I'm not pumping them. and punking pump, them. You're not pumping, but you almost did. I almost did, and yeah. I could have. You could have. But uh, anyway, Alberto Bayo, that was fun, folks. Take care. I'll see you around. God bless. <laughs>